0: My dream has always been to build a company and a team that this will live on long after I'm out of the business and that the team will continue to run it.
1: You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in.
2: Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades, the show where we share the top tricks, tips, and tactics from top service professionals worldwide. Today's guest is Jesse Canizzaro, master plumber and owner of Milestone Plumbing in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. We spoke with Jessie about her plumbing career, how she got the funds to start her own business, what it's like to mother two young kids while running a successful business, the steps she's taking to bring more apprentices in the trades, and so much more. Jessie was a delight to speak with, and I hope you enjoy her as much as I did. Jessie Canizzaro, you are a master plumber and owner of Milestone Plumbing. Thank you so much for joining the Toolbox for the Trades. Thanks for having me, Jackie. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. It's not often that we get a female entrepreneur and a master plumber on the podcast. I can't wait to pick your brain, but I am gonna start this episode the way I do every single one. How did you get into the trades?
0: So, ironically, I grew up in the trades, helping my father, who was a master plumber, still is a master plumber. Dad is 78 years old and is a very stubborn, hard-headed Italian, hence the last name Canazaro. It's where I come from, and my dad still, to this day, will take a water heater in and out of a basement all by himself because he doesn't want anybody to help him because he's just stubborn. But Dad used to take me along nights, uh, weekends, uh, summertime, so I got exposure to the trades growing up. But I grew up in a t- typical household that you know college was the way you get done with high school and you go to college but I did have the benefit of growing up being exposed and so like at the age of seven I learned how to solder and my dad was so proud of me you know we joke now like had OSHA known he was doing that it probably would have been an issue but I got to do lots of really cool stuff I mean my job reward if I did a great job was we would stop for ice cream on the way home and if we finished a really big project I came from the era of Nintendo I would get to pick out a Nintendo game. So, I mean, that was payment, right? Child labor laws, that was payment for helping.
2: Amazing. I also got rewarded with Nintendo games. Great, great incentive for any parents out there, which you are, Jesse, and we're going get to get to that in a second. But I did a little bit of Googling on you before we uh, did today's episode. And my first question is, what reaction did your parents have when you decided to go into plumbing on your own? They were not excited, if I'm being
0: totally honest. And I still remember to this day when we sat down to really talk about it. When I had a situation come up where dad had a stroke and my mom went back to school to go into nursing because being in a family that didn't have great health insurance at the time my mom knew they needed something better and so after dad recovered from the stroke and regained most of his strength. He needed somebody to be there to give him a hand. So a couple days a week in between college classes, I would go and help him. And you know, being in early, you know, years of your adulthood going to college, and it was like I had this renewed passion for wanting to go back into the trades and working with my hands. And at the time I was working in the restaurant industry at night. And as much as I enjoyed the clientele and the people I worked with, I didn't love the management end of the restaurant industry. It was like a never ending stack of paper. Paper, right? You would just get some of that paper to go away and it would just replenish itself. And I'm like, this is just not for me, but I loved when we would fix things on jobs and I would help dad and you'd, you know, you'd work on it with your hands and you'd see what you created. And at the end of the day, you'd go home and you'd have finished something and it felt great. And it was such a rewarding sense that it was, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I need to get to. So we talked about it and my dad had, I think, fears that every father would have for their daughter. Number one the world is not going to accept my child in an untraditional role. So I think that was the biggest driver. But then secondly, he was so scared I was gonna get hurt or not be able to have kids someday, which I mean, sounds so bizarre. Like you're having this conversation with an early 20 year old we, I wasn't worried about having a family at that point, but he was so scared that that labor intensive part of being a plumber, you know, dad grew up in the era of having cast iron bathtubs and huge heavy water heaters and everything, you know, a threader to thread all of the Right. They
2: only used galvanized back then. So it was a totally different era to be doing this type of work. That's really interesting. And speaking of him being worried whether it would impact you physically, just circling back, he's a 78 year old man who still insists on hauling water heaters on his own.
0: Yeah, he's, that's who he is. You know, And he, I've learned as I've gotten older that if I wanna keep a good relationship, you just don't argue with him. You know, whatever he says, we joke around here cause he'll come visit our shop and our team. And he's gotten to know the guys over the years cause he'll borrow tools here and there. And I always joke, here comes the HR nightmare. I mean, my dad is out of a different mold. He says things sometimes that he shouldn't say, but that's just who he is. My team luckily enjoys him and often jokes like, why isn't Tom invited to the company party? Why isn't Tom coming out on our outing? And so they've embraced him and always welcomed him, but he is definitely out of a different mold than today's plumbers
2: are. Tom sounds like someone who's great as like a special guest appearance. You know, we never know when he's going to come through. It's always a delight, but let's just keep him there. You know, let's keep him on the featuring roles. Yeah, exactly. So kudos to you for, you know, telling your parents, I really want to do this and them not being super supportive, but you going on anyway, did you always want to start your own business?
0: So not initially, I think that just kind of came as I went through college. Uh, I have a bachelor's in business and a master's in business from UW Milwaukee, great school. And as I looked at, you know, here I have this passion for learning new things and I love learning and reading and it's always just been kind of fueled that passion, but I also love the trades. Right. And so it just seemed after a while, kind of a common sense marriage of two different backgrounds. And the right thing to do was to become an entrepreneur. You know, I've always enjoyed management and working with people and growing the team. I mean, in the restaurant industry, um, even at the other plumbing companies I've worked at, I've always looked for ways to kind of in a sense, improve things and always leave them a little bit better than I found them. And it just made sense to just start from scratch. I, in the beginning, it was just myself and I missed having that camaraderie and like people to talk to. I mean, I love our clients and our clients have always been very welcome and sometimes they'll hang around with you while you're working and talk to you. So you've always had that relationship piece there. But in the beginning, I didn't have like a helper and I didn't have like coworkers. And so if I needed help on a job, like a cast iron bathtub needed to go up to a second story, I was calling my sister, I was calling my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, like, hey, over lunch, can you come give me a hand with this? And I enjoyed that. And so it only seemed natural to go from a one woman plumbing shop to start growing that team and building on to have those people that essentially, it's what makes milestone work.
2: That's awesome. I'm going to get to your team in a second. But before we do, I would love to tell to talk a little bit about your experience getting that master's license. Because were you a master plumber before you started Milestone?
0: So I was getting close to taking my master's exam. When we initially started, dad was actually my master plumber and helped me here and there on jobs and kind of oversaw the operations. And then I wrote my state master's test pretty quick right after the business was started and essentially been a master plumber in operations since then. In Wisconsin, it's a little different than other parts of the country that you have a five-year apprenticeship to get your journeyman license and then you have another three years of work as a journeyman plumber in the field and then you can take your master's exam so there's no additional schooling that happens other than keeping your license current with continuing ed but it takes eight years from when you start the formal apprenticeship to the time that you could first apply to get your master plumbers test so you can go longer it doesn't have to be done in three years but it's eight years minimum.
2: Got it. So dad came around eventually because he was the one that let you open up the business under his license. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, I was kind of. And so he was involved in the beginning and he dad and I are extremely close. We just as time has evolved and he's gotten older, he's retired three times since I've worked with him. So it's usually he goes away for like a month or two and then he resurfaces, but this last time of retirement, he didn't come back out. He's operating out of a pickup truck. So it's limited tools. Occasionally he'll call me on a Saturday and he always wants to work Jackie on Saturdays and Sundays. And I'm like, why do you do this? Why don't you work during the normal work week like everybody else? And then if you need a second set of hands, I can come help you. One of our team members can come help you. So often it's a Saturday or Sunday and I get a phone call. Hey, I'm having trouble. Can you bring me a part or hey I need a a piece of equipment so we uh, we've made a great team he taught me a trade I mean everything I know when it comes to service and repair has been from watching him from the years that I worked with him, and I mean he's the best service plumber I've ever worked with, as long as you don't argue with him. (laughs)
2: Okay, so he came around one of his first things for you was he was worried that what it would be like for you being a woman entering a male male dominated field. Tell me what that was like, especially while you were working for other plumbing companies and getting your apprenticeship.
0: So it, you know, it was kind of interesting. I think I've been more concerned about it than it ever really has been an issue. When I worked for a different company out in the Waukesha area, which is just outside of Milwaukee, I had asked the employer that hired me if I could meet the team before I accepted the job. And I wanted to make sure that the team that I was going to be working in was going to be comfortable and willing to at least give me a chance. And they were. And a lot of those guys are very, very close friends. We do have a couple of them here on staff. I mean, they've become lifelong friends of mine. So it was the right move without a doubt. But there has always been that little bit of surprise. I mean, you can see in people's eyes when you would walk up to the door. And I remember there was one gentleman in particular in the Waukesha area that I went up to the door carrying some boxes and it was two Kohler drop-in sinks for the countertop and then two faucets to replace them with. And I walked up to the door and I rang the doorbell and he opened the door. Very, very nice man. It was a German background, probably I would guess like late seventies, early eighties. And he said, well, you're just here to drop the stuff off, right? Somebody else is going to come back and he will install it. And I was like, no, sir, I'm here to bring this stuff, but I'm also here to put the stuff in. And In that moment watching, it was like, I either can be kind of persuasive and get my foot in the door and convince this man that I can put this stuff in, or I can retreat to my truck call my employer and tell him, hey, he doesn't want me here. He wants you to send a man back to put this in. And I was able to win that client over. And I think about him often. And I think back to just, that was probably a pivotal moment in time for me of either, if you really want to do this, you need to figure out a way to make this work, or you're just going to always feel like you don't belong here.
2: Yeah. And it sounds like you really did that. You just planted your feet on the ground and said, no, I am here. I'm qualified to do this work. Let me, Please let me in your home.
0: Yeah, and he sat and watched me all day long. So it was one of those things. But at the end of the day, he handed me a wood clock that he had hand carved and gave it to me as a gift. And so in my mind, that clock has always been like this, uh, you know, sign of acceptance of, you know, I may have not trusted you initially. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was willing to say like things we had become friends. I mean, we joke sometimes about the client being in your back pocket because they're watching over you all day long. He most definitely did that. But we were friends at the end of the day. And I never went back to that house after that. And that man probably has passed away since because it's been so many years, but he definitely shaped who I became without
2: a doubt. Do you still have the wood clock?
0: I do. I still have that wooden clock and my kids have not found it yet because it's in a bin. They destroy everything, Jackie, because we are at that age currently. So we are very careful about what they have access to.
2: Sure. That honestly sounds like something out of a science fiction journey. You need to answer these riddles before you can cross the bridge kind of situation. And You proved yourself. He gave you a clock. And it sounds like that really, that moment instilled a lot of confidence in you and gave you the strength to move forward and be like, I'm doing this career. I'm going to do it as well as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, looking back, I wouldn't change anything. At the time, you and I both know we would have changed a lot of things, but it uh it definitely shaped kind of knowing I belong here, and if people don't feel that way, that's okay and that's on them.
2: Oh, 100%. All right, so let's talk about how you got started with Milestone Plumbing. When did you do it and how did you do it? Uh so just start with the when.
0: So 2011, so we were coming out of a housing crisis that had happened and the economy was not doing great. Another difficult conversation with my mom and dad Um, at the time, Adam and I were not married yet. Um, We are now, but we sat down at a restaurant um, in the village of Wawatosa, right where I live and where our business has been located since day one. And we said... Jess is going to quit her job and start a plumbing company. And I'll never forget the look on my dad's face. And he went in to explaining that he had had a business during a recession and how it was just an awful time. And I didn't understand the way of the world and how hard it was going to be. And he just didn't want me to suffer through the heartbreak and just begged me not to. And I said, I'm doing this. I've already decided I'm going to do it. And we're going to move forward with it. And we're going to be careful with our spending and make sure that we can make this work. And I am so glad we didn't listen to him because we have, I mean, this business that has been built with the team has been great and I would have had so many regrets if we would have just let the economy and that the world wasn't ready for a woman plumber. Cause that came up during that conversation. Again, if I had let those things that, you know, mental baggage persuade me out of doing it, I would have regretted it the rest of my life. And I knew I was kind of at an age where it was like a now or never. I wanted Milestone to start before I was 30. I made it by two weeks. So we cut sometimes and push boundaries slightly, but we did do it. So it was just a little under the wire. And part of the reason it's called Milestone is it was that was the goal. It was the goal to make sure I did it before I turned 30. I didn't want the business ever to be attached to me personally. So it was not going to be anything with my name. My dream has always been to build a company and a team that this will live on long after I'm out of the business and that the team will continue to run it. And so I wanted to make sure that there was a separation there.
2: Nice. And A lot of people don't make that distinction right away when they start and they get five, 10, 15 years into the business. And they're like, can we really be Tom's plumbing if Tom doesn't work here anymore and yeah. we do that rebranding? So that was great foresight on your end. And From our first conversation, I remember you saying that you didn't want to lean into the woman owned component of the business. Is that correct?
0: It is. So I didn't want to have a play on a name that in any way, you know, we joked around and I have close friends that were in on like the discussions and one was like, we should have hot pink trucks and like that would be such a great marketing but what Man that you hire wants to ride around in a hot pink truck, right? But it was one of those things where I still that mental baggage, right, that I had of, you know, we don't want people to know that I'm a female. Well, I mean, the truth is the first time you walk up to a door, they know. So rather than embrace it, I chose to try to hide it. But it definitely was in the beginning what made the business so easy to refer because it was something memorable. You know, it was your unique selling point, whether you liked Or not, that's what it was. And people talked about it, and the word of mouth recognition that we got back then was incredible. It still is incredible to this day. The only downside now is when people call and they want, you know, the female plumber to come out, and my position within the company has changed over the years, and I'm not in the field full time anymore. So sometimes people are a little disappointed and saddened that it's not me that's coming out to their house or a female plumber that's coming out to their home. But I still have a dream that we will be able to recruit women plumbers or women that are interested that want to go through the apprenticeship to become a plumber. It just hasn't happened yet, but we've still got a lot of years left.
2: Got it. Yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about that word of marketing and that community kind of, it sounds like that community virality almost when you first started hitting the scene as it sounds like Wauwatosa's first female plumber. What was that reaction like and how did that kind of spark start a fire?
0: Yeah, so it's word of mouth has been incredible for us. And, you know, you do a job at one person's house, and then all of a sudden you're at like three different neighbors' homes. And we live in an area where my home is 1923 Bungalow to Old Tosa Bungalow. They're old houses. They require a ton of repair. Eventually, they need to be repiped. Eventually, you need new shower valves. And, you know, primarily focusing on service repair and then remodeling. I mean, we have this endless work supply that's inside of the three county area in southeastern Wisconsin. And it's, you know, somebody would Refer you to a family member, somebody refer you to a friend, a coworker. I mean, we've we live really close to Freighter Hospital and Children's Hospital, um, right in Wauwatosa. And so once we got into the medical community, we were getting referred to nurses, to doctors. I mean, it just you get into these pockets, and it just you know kind of explodes. And tracking where those referrals come from, so we can run a report and see. And you know, so we get phone calls all the time from Yelp and all kinds of different big marketing firms that wanna to advertise with them. And it's like, we never have. We have so much work coming in that we turn away that we can't capture because we've been so blessed. It's hard because what we're doing is working so well. But I really believe, Jackie, that if you do what you say you're going to do and you follow up and you do a great job at it, you can't, you know, you can't be a plumber that's leaving a mess behind or not respecting people's belongings or you know we do the little things like putting the booty covers on putting the tarps down right now with COVID there's been like a whole nother thing that's come into play with what we do as a team if you show people that you care about them you do what you say you're going to do and you call them back They will refer you and they will continue to use you and you will build a client base that may grow faster than you're ready for and ready that you have the manpower for. But I mean, that's the the great thing to have, right? Too much work is a much better problem than not enough work. So we joke sometimes that it gets really stressful when we get really busy here, but we all agree that it is better than the alternative. We will take that any day. That stress is the kind of stress you want to have.
2: I love that. And thank you for clarifying that part of your virality and part of that word of mouth came also from just the quality of work that you were doing and the way you were delivering an excellent homeowner experience. I worry that some people may listen to this and say, oh, well, she got all that word of mouth because she's a woman. No, it's because you did phenomenal work. And I also just want to call out. The may not have been intentional, but being able to get into those hospital communities, those really big, big communities where people visit every day, and once you got in a couple times there, it's like, oh, yep, I know a plumber for you. I know a plumber for you. Her name's Jessie. She's great. So you don't realize
0: that they have you know boards, right? And so our pediatrician actually is always talks about me with this. The pediatrician for our two little boys. They have a board in their medical community. They put ads up for rentals and they put for different trade partners and they'll put business cards up there. And those doctors know that that is a trusted resource, right? You can't buy a spot on that board. It has to be from earning respect and getting someone's trust that you get put on there. And I imagine every hospital community like that is out there. I mean, these are people that work a lot of hours in these last two years, have been more than they probably ever have. They don't have time to call around and look for someone. You know, they want to go somewhere where the rest of their community has referred you. And so getting into those nooks is so beneficial to any service-based business. The other thing too, I wanted to touch on is, and it sounds so silly, but we talk, we have team meetings every Friday morning and we talk about usually safety. So there's always a safety topic. We start our meetings out actually in a really funny way. We have an icebreaker. and. I remember when I brought that to my operations manager and the look on his face of you want to do what to start these meetings out and it's actually the favorite part now and everybody wants to know all week long what the icebreaker is going to be, but we usually don't tell them until Friday morning, but we do a safety section and then we do a technical section and just a couple weeks ago we talked again because we read off um, our Google reviews, our Yelp reviews, Facebook reviews, and then we have a wheel that the technician gets to spin. Whoever got the review gets to spin a wheel and I read one like two weeks ago and all it talked about was how clean we left the space. We left it cleaner than when we got there. And I really believe that if you clean up after doing a great job, it is something so memorable. They will remember you for this. And it doesn't take much effort. You don't even have to be a plumber to just clean up the area you were working in well. And one of the examples I always talk about with the team is you know, if I go in to do a new kitchen sink faucet, and I notice that as I'm leaving and I'm picking my tarp up, there's Cheerios inside of the toe kick. Yeah, I didn't put them there, but how much effort does it really take for me to clean up the Cheerios or the cobweb that's there and just leave it looking remarkably nice? I mean, it now the faucet looks great, but the space that that faucet is sitting inside of and being showcased looks
2: even better. And to the homeowner, it makes them feel really good about what they've purchased. I love that. Thank you for calling that out. It's so true. Cause even if it just takes you an extra five, 10 minutes at the end of the job, that's five or 10 minutes, you just give back to the homeowner mm-hmm. that they don't have to clean up that area after you've been there. Maybe, oh wow, they really left this area super clean. I maybe don't have to wash my bathroom this week. Amazing. As someone who personally hates, hates cleaning her bathroom. Game Dad two. and I. You know, people
0: always say like, well, why didn't you take your dad's business over? And as much we work together, right. And we still, even to this day, he calls with, Hey, I need help getting a part. And we always have just, it's been a separation of companies. My dad's method of cleanup was to sweep everything into one pile. So the client had one area to clean up after he was done. And it's not a fault. It's just somebody that age. That's what it was back then. That's how they cleaned up. The service world and the expectation being in somebody's home these days is so much different than it was 50 years ago. I mean, we are just in a very different time. People are busier. Most homes have two working people. It's not just, you know, one is home during the day. You know, back then when dad was doing this, it probably wasn't a big deal for somebody to clean up the one pile where today, I mean, I can only imagine the eyebrow raise. if. raise if somebody had to go and clean up a big pile after somebody left, they'd never use him again. I wouldn't in my own home.
2: Exactly. And I forgot to mention that your dad did have a business. I know you mentioned it briefly. Did he do service and replacement as well or did he do other types of work?
0: Yeah, he, him and I have always done the same. And I think just you, you do what you know, right. And so sure. I was exposed to service repair a little bit of remodeling when I worked for dad's company, but Ultimately, the remodeling exposure came when I went to that company in Waukesha um, and got a lot more familiar with different remodels and how to lay out plumbing systems and venting systems. And that was when I really realized I love to remodel, but we are not a general contractor. We're strictly a trade partner as a subcontractor when it comes to remodeling projects.
2: Awesome. So what I want to get into now is where your company is at now. But before I would love to learn a little bit about how you secured funding for Milestone, because, again, you didn't take over your dad's business. You started it all on your own. And you mentioned there was a really great program you were able to take advantage of.
0: Yeah. And so I took through UW Milwaukee. And it's funny because I had a master's in business and people are like, you took a class to write a business plan. Yes, I took a class to write a business plan. Why? Because every once in a while, you need a kick in the pants to get things done. And I do really well with deadlines. And so taking this class, not only did I come out of it holding the business plan that I probably Jackie would have dragged my feet and it would have taken me five years to write, it took me less than a year to write it. But I also made some really great friends. And the people that were in that class with me We do their plumbing now. And so I firmly believe that everything happens for a reason. Took a great class. Uh, One of the guest speakers of that class was Mike Ward. Mike works with U.S. Bank. He's been with U.S. Bank forever. He will retire from U.S. Bank. Mike has become a great friend over the years. Mike was willing to sit down with me, look over the business plan. And he was honest, just like a bunch of other banks. We cannot provide financing for a startup. Again, the economy was not in a good place. Here you have a brand new startup business, which was considered high risk. The traditional banks were not comfortable making that extension. But Mike said, "I know a firm that can help you and a program that can help you." And Mike took me to Wibic, Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corporation, and introduced me to a loan advisor and their president, Wendy Bauman. And those two were willing to help me through the process to apply for the loan. I went in front of a board to present the business plan. I brought my husband along with, cause he was also co-signing on this loan. He was at the time we still weren't married. We dated for 13 years before we finally got married, which my team thinks is hilarious. <laughs> so, but we've been married for five. So we are doing good, right? It's I, I was busy. I didn't have time to settle down and get married during that timeframe, but we got approved by that board of directors. Many of those people on that board are clients that I've seen in the last month because we do business with them through their businesses, because the board was a volunteer organization for them. And they really, truly took a chance on us. And I remember when I met with Adrian, that was my loan advisor, and we had put together kind of the revenue speculation of what we were expecting. And Adrian's like these numbers and he's crossing them off. He's like, they're too low. Your business is gonna do so much better. You're way too conservative. And I remember he was upping the numbers on the revenue. And in my head, I'm like, there's no way we're gonna do that. And, you know, I look back and without WIBIC, I don't know if I would have had the grit to keep going and looking for the financing. WIBIC took a huge chance on us and it has paid off immensely. We love working with their team. We're still very active with their organization and I advocate for them and any business that's ever looking for financing, we have always referred to them
2: because we know they'll be very well taken care of. That's awesome. Thank you for being so transparent about that because that's often not a topic that we get to discuss here. So I appreciate that. And I can totally relate to, you know what? I'm a, I already have a degree in this, but I really need to take another class because that's the only way I'm going to get this deadline done. A hundred percent. I am the same exact way. Probably why we get along so well. So yes, let's talk about where the company is now. How many team members do you has, have of today? And you hit your 10 year anniversary this year we did.
0: So our 10 year milestone
2: was uh this last June.
0: So didn't expect COVID to be going on during it. So we didn't have the big party that I had once dreamed of, but we will have one when things settle down. But yeah, so we're 10 years in the making. We are up to 14 team members. We are currently getting ready to recruit for number 15. Every year, we have a goal of putting one new person, at least, into our pre-apprenticeship program. And what that is, is it's something our team has come up with. They go through a year, it's usually 9 to 12 months of being in our warehouse, being on the job site, running parts, doing ordering, getting familiar with the team, what our industry is. It's kind of that try-before-you-buy period of... Do you love this because if you do we'll put you into the apprenticeship program but it's going to take five years to get through it and so it's that period where they can kind of test the waters is this really what they want for a career i the trades are a great opportunity but you have to love what you do you have to be okay with getting dirty not every day is dirty there are days that our team doesn't get dirty but there are days that you go into homes i mean you're dealing with sometimes sewage it's not always you know the the roses and the fun stuff i mean there are we had sewer cleanings yesterday that were on the books we live in an area with old plumbing. You're cutting out plumbing that is full of grease. I mean, it's not a clean, you don't come home with your hands, you know, being ready to go get a manicure. That's just not what we do. And so we do that trial period. And so far it's been great. We've put several different apprentices through there. I think it's been six in total now. And so for 10 years, I'm happy with that number. It's probably not the growth that a lot of, you know, really People that want to grow fast do, but I've always believed in controlled, slow growth so we can make sure that the quality is there. You'll hear me say to the team often, quality over quantity. We're not in a hurry.
2: We just want to do it really well. I love that. And you actually love the type of work that you get to do because all these homes you work on is so old. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
0: You bet. So what I love about it is every job is a puzzle, and it makes you think. And when you're done solving the puzzle, that sense of pride and that feeling of being really excited about solving a problem, or I love coming into a job where somebody has been told that something's not possible. I mean, I, I welcome that because it's an opportunity for our entire team to shine. We had a situation in a condo complex downtown where they were told by a different plumbing contractor something couldn't be done. And it was like, well, we'll make it happen. And it required thinking outside of the box and getting you know some contacts and some relationships I reached out to Kohler we work with Kohler product a lot I love Kohler they had an engineer that was willing to by phone work with me on a way to tweak an existing system that they had so that we could do this legally inside of this condo and now I look back and I'm like well that's something they should be putting inside of those manuals and that's why the other plumber couldn't figure it out is you had to think outside the box you had to be willing to do some legwork and do some digging to find the solution rather than just simply shrugging your shoulders and saying something couldn't be done. And I, you know, our team has to love that too. There's New construction is a big deal in our area as well, you know, like out in the suburbs, people are always building and I did some new construction and milestone has had a couple of projects, but for me personally it's just not exciting it. I get bored with it doing the same thing repetitively over and over again is just not that same excitement as when you have a complex problem that needs to be solved and the sense of pride when you finish. You know new construction isn't the same like you do a huge beautiful renovation of trying to figure out where you're going to run the plumbing for that new bathroom without making it look choppy in the room down below I mean that's truly a puzzle and it's something to be very proud of once you do get
2: it nailed down. I love that. That's so cool. And I definitely noticed that call out on your website when I was checking it out yesterday, how you were just showcasing all these lovely remodels, which is just sounds really, really cool. And also good on you for knowing the kind of work that brings you light and joy and knowing what doesn't. I think that's a big part to finding success in the work that you do. So looking back on a little over 10 years, what would you say is your biggest achievement at Milestone? So,
0: you know, and this is, there's been a lot of achievements along the way. And I think the biggest one though, for me is, you know, people say, well, it's starting the business. No, it's not so much starting the business. I think it was more starting the business, running the business, and then realizing that at almost 40, I wanted to be a mom and figuring out how do I juggle you know taking good care of the team because the team still needs me it wasn't in a position where i could walk away and press pause but i still wanted to be a mom and have kids and Adam and I were able to figure out a way to make it work. It's caused me to pull back the reins a little bit in certain aspects of the business, but I married a man that is extremely supportive and knows my passion and, and my drive and would never try to take that away from me. If you know us well and you get inside of our home and you see that he's the one primarily doing the cooking, the laundry, you know, taking care of our kids when I'm working those longer hours on some nights and it works for us, because he respects me and he knows that what I do is very important to me and he would never ask me to step away. And we both love those little boys. They are the biggest blessing that we've ever had.
2: That's amazing. Pivoting real quick, because I don't get a chance to talk to many women in the trades, let alone female solo female owners who have two children, three and a half and one. Um, And Fitzy
0: just turned two. So three and a half and
2: two now. We just had a two-year-old birthday party. Oh my goodness. Okay, so how how did becoming a mother change the way you ran Milestone? You mentioned pulling back the reins. What were the things you had to put in place to make sure the company could continue running smoothly while you did this, while you became a mother? So
0: So I had to trust my team. We have great people. They are very good at what they do and they needed to be trusted to be able to shine and do the things that they were put in those positions to do without me maybe checking over their work without me overseeing things and allowing them that opportunity to show me that they can do it and they can do it very very well and we have an incredible team of very amazing people all the way from our office all the way out into our field and it also required me to get creative with my hours a little bit right so perfect example it is not uncommon for me to be running at 558 through the parking lot at daycare to get in the building before six to grab those two little boys. And, you know, I get home at night, you know, we eat dinner as a family on the nights that I don't have work requirements, get them bathed, get them ready for bed. And then I'm often pulling my laptop back open. So instead of being at work and just working a super long day, I take that break to be with my family. And then I take care of those odds and ends that maybe I needed to get wrapped up still so that we could start the next day. Um, I'm also often emailing right out of the gate first thing in the morning, getting things handled so that then I can wake the kids up. So I'm not coming into work as early and I'm not staying as late, but I've been able to leverage just with technology, working from home a little bit outside of those normal hours. We're kind of getting to that age where we're losing a little bit of the weekend time. Cause it used to be when the kids would lay down for naps, I would get payroll done and I would handle those things. Well, that three and a half year old has stopped napping now. So that's creating a new curveball that I'm going to work through, but the two year old still needs a nap. They both very much need naps, Jackie. We're just in a little bit of a negotiation stage with the three and a half year old.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The three the and a half year old is ensuing no nap chaos and you're trying to work around it. What advice would you give other working moms in the trades? Go easier on
0: yourself. It. I actually sat down with somebody from, I'm a part of a BNI chapter, and Lori and I had a one on one yesterday. And the first thing she said to me is, How do you do it all? And I looked at her and I said, what do you mean? And she goes, you run a very successful business. You have two very little kids. And she's like, and all the balls stay up in the air. And I said, well, I said, I'm sorry that you think that they don't always stay up in the air. I said it, you do the best you can. And sometimes things aren't perfect and you just have to learn that that's okay. I know before kids, my quotes and the paperwork and everything, you know, a sharp, pencil had made sure everything was perfect. And I am not as perfect as I used to be. I still make mistakes. I'm only human. I think it's good for my team to see that I also make mistakes and I'm not, I am just human, you know, it's, I'm not perfect. And I think that them seeing that side of me trying to juggle things and I share things with them. I'm blessed to work with two awesome office people that have kids of their own and they're older than mine. So I get great advice and they see the heartbreak and they see how hard, I work. And I think that they all know that I'm not perfect, but because we're a team, we're all willing to help each other succeed.
2: I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. I mean, I know that's a big thing that a lot of women deal with, not just in the trades, but elsewhere. How am I going to do it all? How am I going to maintain a career while raising two humans the best way I can? And again, thank God for remote work capabilities. Thank God for technology being able to make that happen. It sounds like you're doing the best that you can. Thank you for being open about it. Um, Yeah.
0: And I think there's, you know, And I know I struggled with this, right? I worked right up until the day I went to the hospital with both of my kids and I went back to work way too quickly. And we won't say that because most doctors would have been very upset had they known how quickly I went back and looking back that time is so important to spend with your family. And I wish I had handled it differently than I did. But I'm wired to just always want to help and always be involved. And I never want to let my team down. And I care so much about each of them, both professionally and personally. And it's it's hard, right? Sometimes there's not a complete separation, that line gets really blurred. And just knowing that you cannot be expected to be doing everything perfectly and just giving yourself a little bit of slack to know that you're doing the best you can is my best advice and not to be so hard on yourself.
2: Yeah, 100% agree there. I want to get into your team because you speak so highly of them. But before we do, I must ask, what was the biggest challenge you had overcome in the 10 years of Milestone and how did you do it?
0: We're still struggling through that a little bit, and I would say that it's finding people that has been, and everybody, there's a major trade shortage, right? So skilled labor, there's people fighting over people. And it's not just our industry anymore. It's trickled into every industry. You know, there's, you cannot go anywhere without seeing a for for hire sign. I wish looking back that we had figured out a way to capture some of those people, even when we didn't necessarily have room for them. I've learned over the years that when you find somebody that's a good fit, you make a place for them. But I wish earlier in the milestones history, I had started to do that. I feel like we were always lagging a little behind the eight ball on that, but in the last four years, we have started doing it. And we hired our operations manager. He was promoted to be our operations manager uh, about a a little over a year ago. And I didn't know where he was gonna go. I had no clue. We had no clue what his job description was gonna be, but I had worked with him in another plumbing company and he moved out of state for 10 years came back and we worked extremely well together and I trusted him and had a good working relationship and it was like this is a really good find I don't know where he fits into the puzzle yet but I believe that if you find somebody that has that culture has that passion you grab them and then you figure out where they fit into the team structure because otherwise you're going to risk hiring somebody that may not be a good fit when the time comes and there may not be people out there so I wish we had started doing that a little bit sooner but I'm glad we did kind of eventually catch up on the learning curve and have started doing it. But we do still struggle to, out our capacity, we don't have room. We don't have room for more service calls. You know, we don't have room for new clients. We've had to pull the reins back. We've had a lot of general contractors reach out looking to use us for remodeling. And we just have to say, we're not able to do any work for new contractors at this time. And I never thought we'd be like the dentist, right? I remember being a kid and you'd see these signs and it would say, you know, now accepting new patients. And I would think, well, aren't you always accepting new patients? Like, well, what is this? Why, why would you write that? Well, now I get it. Like I totally understand now where a business eventually just hits a a capacity threshold where they may not have more room. And as we continue to grow with that, making sure we're being organized with our growth and making sure the quality is there, you know, our capacity will increase. It's just never going to be as fast as I wish it could. 100%.
2: Yeah, no. And that's definitely a challenge that I think every single person who comes on this podcast talks about. But I love your approach to it, finding a place for a good find when you do find them. And also giving credit to the six people that you had go through that pre apprentice program. I mean, that's really the only way to solve this hiring crisis, right, is to start bringing more people into the trades. It's not going to be a fast fix, but it's going to be one of the ways to fix the problem.
0: I love that you brought that up because, and we believe here that like it's giving back too. And between our local Neri chapter and our local ABC chapter, we spend a ton of we're actually going into uh, one of the local high schools next week for three days to do hands on plumbing with their students. I am inside of schools at least once a week talking to different students about the trades. And I really believe that it's yes, that's not something that maybe is driving revenue for our business directly, but. Each of us collectively together, taking that time to give back, even if it's just a little bit of your time, is how that we will fix the skilled labor shortage. But a lot of people are just, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. We're all too busy, but you have to make it a priority or nothing is ever going to change hundred percent.
2: All right. Oh my God. We're already, we've already hit 45 minutes, which is insane. It's so wonderful to speak with you. You're a great conversationalist, but I want to talk a little bit about your team because it seems like they really deserve a good chunk of this podcast. Just tell me about them. Tell me about the value they add and, you know, the most surprising thing you've discovered while your team has grown over the last 10 years.
0: So Katie and Trina are our rocks in the off. They're the ones that take care of the scheduling. You know, there are curveballs that come up all week long and they handle it. And they've started to work with Scott, our operations manager, to try to handle it without me knowing, which sometimes I hear whispering and I know something didn't go well, but I confidently trust them. I know they're doing their best to sort through it. And often they take care of it and it's been handled and it doesn't need me to get involved in the situation. So those three are kind of in the office what makes every continue to run. No day ever goes as planned, right? It never will inside of our industry. And we all know that. But you have to have a team that works extremely well together. We've all become very close friends. And I think that's what makes it a little bit more fun when the days get really, really stressful. And then our field team, our field team is made up of usually when I go through and I talk about it, it's people I've met or people that know people somehow. Kevin is one of our lead journeyman plumbers. Kevin and I work together at the that other company in Waukesha, I was actually his apprentice. I mean, he's Kevin's now in his 50s, but I he was one of the people when I started there of like, really, there's a girl on the job site now with me. He's come a long way over the years and has embraced that. And we remained really good friends after I left that company. And eventually he came to me and said, I'd like to come on board. And I talked to him and his wife about it. And he's been like my I always joke, kind of my work husband. Him and I are really close friends. He's just just a really great guy would do anything for any one of our clients takes extremely good care of them he has a great family his wife I just I think so highly of her he's got two kids one of which is coming into the trades now so it's been a great find for us to have recruited Kevin another one of our plumbers he's actually a master plumber his name is Adam Adam and I used to sit next to each other in apprenticeship class all of those years Adam was the first person in that class that was willing to talk to that girl, that girl that was inside of the class and invited me to come sit with him at lunch. And we became friends. We lost touch for a while, but then he saw we were hiring and he applied and he's been with our team ever since and has been really a really good rock star for us. Charlie is another one of our lead journeyman plumbers. He was a delivery guy for one of our suppliers. And I know what you're thinking. I had permission. We did not just steal him. Him. The agreement was we could hire him and put him through our apprenticeship and give him the opportunity at a really great career if we bought more from them. And so we made the agreement and it was a <laughs> win-win for us great. and that supplier. So it worked out great. And then we've got Luke who has been with us for a few years now. Luke is a fifth-year apprentice. He also has a service card. Um, in Wisconsin, you can have a service card It's kind of like a restricted license while you're doing your apprenticeship, so you can do work by yourself without having somebody there. And Luke came to us through a friend of his that knew we were looking and he reached out and he said, I got a great guy, he's in manufacturing, he's thinking about switching over to plumbing. So there's always been like this connection, right, and that's how we've recruited our team. Alex is a fourth year apprentice with our team. He has also got a service card, so he does a lot of service work by himself while he's finishing up his plumbing license, another referral from another team. Members, so that's kind of the common because we don't advertise you have to know somebody to kind of get in the door josh is one of our journeyman plumbers josh's story is super interesting and actually jackie josh is the one that you and i ended up getting connected because of
2: really josh,
0: yeah so josh's story is a little unique and he applied years ago when we first were getting ready to hire our first apprentice And he was looking to come on board. We had a tough decision to make and ultimately hired Charlie instead because I knew Charlie. Charlie was delivering every day. I had a relationship with him, trusted him. And unfortunately, we only had room for one. Josh ended up having... Um, an accident with getting hit by a car while he was working and was out of work for two years and made just an amazing recovery. He had to learn to walk again. That man has got an ambition and a work ethic like none other. He came back into the plumbing world. I got wind that he was looking for a place to go and join a team. And at that time, we were big enough that we had room and we could make room for him. He has been a solid team member ever since. Our team really enjoys him. His sense of humor is really quirky he fits right in he fits into our culture perfectly so we are very lucky that Josh's path did cross and come back to us eventually Dan Dan's a third year apprentice Dan was uh in his 30s doing woodworking and wanted to always be a plumber and decided to quit his current career start over as an apprentice and he is working his way up to becoming a licensed plumber he's a super great guy and we are really lucky to have him as well Jake is a second year apprentice with our team Jake's best friend was a student in my night classes. I was teaching uh, night classes for the apprenticeship program. And one of the apprentices in my class recommended Jake come check out our company because that company he was working at didn't have room for him. And so that's how I met Jake was through that that student. So I have him to be grateful for getting Jake over to us and James. James is a first year apprentice. We met through one of his teachers. I was talking about those organizations that I go into the schools. Well, one of them I had started a friendship with and was helping recruit and talk about the trades. And he reached out to me and he said, I've got a great student. He's really interested in plumbing. I will personally vouch for this kid and got James introduced to our team. James has got a bright future ahead of him. He's an extremely smart young man. He's not quite 21 yet, so he's our youngest on the team, but he has been just a a breath of fresh air of not all kids coming out of high school don't have work ethics. I mean, you hear that, right? People complain about, no, there are a lot of really good ones out there. And Unfortunately, the bad apples sometimes shine over all of the good people coming in. And then Scott, Scott is our operations manager. I talked about that I knew from another place and Scott kind of oversees the office here, but he also oversees out in the field while I'm getting involved with those other organizations. And then the last, the newest team member is Evan. Evan is a pre-apprentice with our company. He is the one that will be going up into his formal apprenticeship this coming summer. So he's the one that we're getting ready to, to replace out in the warehouse the tough job is Evan will have to train that person. So I always kind of tease them that we got to make sure we find a good one. So the training goes easier, but that Pre-apprenticeship into the formal apprenticeship has worked so well for our team and now we've got it down to a science and the person in the pre-apprenticeship role does most of the training for that new person coming in and it also allows the team then to take a vote on whether or not that person goes into an apprenticeship because it's not just my decision. Ultimately, yes, I'm the one that signs the contract with the state, but everything we do here is about the team. I always say we share in the successes and the losses. We are truly a team. There should not be just any decision that I solo make ever.
2: I love that. I also think this is the first on Toolbox for the Trades that someone went through their entire roster. So well, that's well, small enough <laughs> that I can do that, right? It is, but... Very impressive. Thank you for doing that. And I can tell just by the way you were able to speak to each and every one of those, how you've really made a home for them at Milestone. So congrats on that. And also kudos for so many of them being in their apprentice stage, being in that pre-apprentice stage. It really shows that while you're growing, you're also building more people in the trade. So way to go, Jesse, man. What's next for Milestone Plumbing?
0: We're going to continue our pre-apprenticeship. We're going to continue volunteering, staying involved. I moved up in both of those organizations to leadership. I, you know, I believe in the trades and people are like, why do you put so much time in it? Neri, why do you put so much time in it? ABC, because I believe in what we do. And the only way that we are going to get people that come into the trades and it's not just plumbing. I mean, when I go into a school, yes, I'm biased, Jackie, and I will tell them plumbing is the best, but I also talk about the great stories about the other, the HVAC the electrical. I mean, there's all kinds of trades people can go into. That plumber that I talked about that has the two kids and one is going into the trades, he's becoming an electrician. So it's as long as they know that that opportunity exists and they don't have to go to college. Yes, I chose to go to college, but not everybody has to go to college. The Plumbers that are on our team. They're not in college. Some of them dropped out of college because it wasn't for them. And I think that's one thing we see is a lot of teachers and parents believe that every child should go into a college state. And that's just not the case. That's how they rack up that student loan debt that we hear talked about a lot the trades can offer really great opportunities and really great living and being able to have a nice home and have the vacations and have the vehicles. You don't have to go to college to have those things. And you may find that it's a much more rewarding career if you're a hands-on
2: person like I was. I love that. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice from the early days of your company, what would it be?
0: Hire sooner. I fought it in the beginning because I was a control freak, and everything I did always had to be perfect, right? And until I had those two little boys that I finally let some of that go. But it, uh, in the beginning, I was scared. And one of my goals and one of my personal goals, and my team knows this, is that this company will never lay somebody off. If somebody's not a good fit, or if they ever were to do something unethical, letting them go for a reason, is something that we would have to do and cross that bridge when we got there. But I never want to be in a position where we tell somebody that we don't have work to support them and their family. And so I've always wanted to make sure we have enough work coming in, which has meant that at times we haven't hired as soon as we probably should have. And so that's something that I need to, to probably have done a little bit sooner, but we're working to change that moving forward.
2: Got it. All right. So I, um, historically, this is going to be on season five of the podcast. I have a series of icebreaker questions that I love to give at the end, but you are the first person to be asked this brand new one. If you had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be?
0: So, and when I read through last night and I appreciate you giving me time to think about it ahead of time, I joked to my husband that Baby Shark and Wheels on the Bus are my day-to-day like song tracks because you have two little kids. This is what you listen to when you pick them up from daycare, but I really thought hard on this question and my team is going to find it hilarious when they listen to this because I hate country music to the point where we joke around when Jess comes on the job site, oh, you better turn the radio off, you got country on. Like, it's become a thing at projects. But that being said, there is one song that has always been, I think, a really good song to live by, and it's Tim McGraw's Humble and Kind. I think that it is just, if you listen to the lyrics, and I heard it years ago, and when that song comes on, I don't change the station even though it's country.
2: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Jesse. You were a true delight to talk to. I got so much information. I loved hearing your story. And I wish you the best of luck with you and Milestone Plumbing. Please keep in touch and let us know how everything's
1: going. Thank you for being the guest on Toolbox for the Trades.
0: Thanks for the opportunity, Jackie.
1: Ever wonder how much your business is worth? So many owners ask that question and have no idea where to turn for an answer. In just a few clicks, Service Titan's new Service Business Valuation Calculator can give you an easy and free estimate of the current value of your business. Whether you're thinking about selling your company or looking to track growth, check it out now. Visit servicetitan.com value. Again, that's servicetitan.com value. See how much your business is worth today. Want to network with fellow service entrepreneurs and former guests of this podcast? Join our private Facebook group, Toolbox for the Trades, to get immediate access to the best tips, tricks, and tactics from fellow service entrepreneurs. Visit facebook.com slash group slash toolbox for the trades, or click the link in our show notes to join. See you online.
2: Thanks so much for listening to Toolbox for the Trades. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love if you open the app and leave us a rating. Just tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. See you next time.